If you're interested in making a podcast like I did with The Big O Show, I want to tell you about the free Anchor app. It's the easiest way to make a podcast today. They have tons of creation tools that allow you to edit and record from your phone or your computer, and they handle the distribution for you so you can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Big O Show. My hope for this podcast is that you leave informed, but more importantly, inspired. And just like that song said, this is going to be the best day of your life. If you have that mindset, you're already halfway there. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back to the fifth episode of The Big O Show, hosted by yours truly, Ryan Anka. This is a podcast for positivity and inspiration. And uh, if I'm being truly honest this week, I didn't feel really inspired or motivated. Um, I can't sit here and act like the events that happened last weekend didn't happen, that there weren't riots and protests and things of that nature all across this country. Um, I can't speak for everyone. I can speak for myself. And I am a, a huge supporter of humanity and equality and uh, the end of racism, but also the end of prejudice. I think if nothing else uh, came from this past weekend and week um, is change is needed. Change is relevant and uh, the black community is hurting. And for that, I say that I'm sorry. I know I individually did not have anything to do with uh, the events that happened with George Floyd but I understand your pain, and I feel your pain. So I appreciate you listening to that. I had to get that off my chest. I'd be remorse if I didn't mention it, and I can't just sit here and act like it didn't happen. Um, Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a platform. This is one of my platforms, so I felt the need uh, to do that. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You don't have to agree with me. And uh, just because you do agree with me or just because you don't agree with me doesn't give you a right to belittle or put down or judge or hate another individual. As long as those thoughts are in this world, um, we still have a lot of work to do. There's no easy transition from that to uh, sports, but I'm going to try. Updates around sports uh, this week, uh, Premier League and soccer over in England announced that they will return uh, in about a week's time. Uh, The NBA announced that they will bring 22 teams to Orlando starting July 31st to have an eight-game regular season followed by the playoffs. So now their season will resume from July 31st. And if there is a Game 7 of the NBA Finals, that will be played on October 12th. And baseball is still at a standstill. The owners, um, I think, are prepared either not to play a season or want to play a 50-game modified season, while the players are looking for a season more 
along the lines of 100 games. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved and a lot of lost money involved, which is why they're at a standstill. The NFL has not made any huge announcements. As of now, everything will proceed um, as the same. There has not been an announcement if there will be fans in the stands, but they haven't also come out and say that there will not be fans in the stands. As far as the NCAA goes, uh, they came out and said a couple weeks ago that as of June 1st, uh, student athletes and students could return to campus as long as that college or university uh, allowed it. And most colleges I saw uh, this past week have allowed that. Now they all have their own uh, type of testing and protocol that they're going to follow. But it looks like right now we are trending in the right direction. So to recap last week's podcast, uh, it was a very uh, important podcast uh, for myself. It was uh, 2% and my internal motivation that I used to get me uh, through high school and through college. And I still think about and drive upon um, in my everyday life. I tend to tell my athletes that I coach uh, the story. It pretty much turns to my why, and I'm sure most people have heard about that. You know, what's your why? What's your reason uh, for doing something? What's your uh, desire or ultimate goal? Um, It's a question we should always ask ourselves and a question that um, will evolve. You know, it's not concrete. It may be concrete at a certain point in time in your life or for a certain period of time in your life, but it doesn't mean it will stand necessarily forever. We also talked about uh, the law of attraction and looking for the positive things in the world The same can be said about negativity and also attracting negative things and outlooks on life. It's a whole glass half full, glass half empty uh, saying, you know, it's all about your perception, your mindset, how you think about a situation. This is a very special episode of the Big O Show podcast. This is the first episode uh, where I'll be interviewing uh, someone and uh, this person is... uh, a very special friend of mine, one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, Braden Bowman. Uh, he was a college teammate of mine at South Alabama. He was also uh, a roommate of mine. I was in his wedding in Arizona, and he was in my wedding in Alabama. And uh, I really look up to Braden, even though I'm older than him. And I'm really uh, proud of everything that he's accomplished. And I think he has an interesting uh, story to tell and a perspective to tell for those that are trying to do what he did and or just looking for some type of uh, inspiration. A quick little bio about uh, Braden. Uh, We'll get into a little bit more here in the interview. Um, But Braden played uh, college, obviously, at South Alabama with myself, as I already said. Uh, He went on to be undrafted free agent uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Played with the uh, New York Jets, uh, did a preseason stint with the New Orleans Saints, played with the uh, San Diego Chargers before they became the LA Chargers, and even played in the AAF, which was an alternative spring league uh, for professional football. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and get right into the interview and let you all meet and uh, learn a little bit about my good friend, Braden Bowman. All right, next on the Big O Show podcast, we have my good friend, Braden Bowman. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you, Braden, for taking time to join me on the podcast today and want to ask uh, how you and your family are doing during COVID and during this, uh, this time. 
we're doing good. So when we were in Alabama, it was kind of when the whole COVID thing started. So walking around four different airports in, in three days and not knowing who we came in contact with, we kind of got home and quarantined ourselves for two weeks and had no symptoms. So kind of slowly resumed our pretty isolated life already, but tried to keep our distance from everyone. And now things are opening back up and it's been good to be able to see family and hang out with other people. Yeah. And that when you say home, um, obviously I know where you're from, um, but where, where is home for you now? So home is in Arizona. Me and my wife just bought a house. I don't know if I told you that yet. Have I? No, no, you haven't. Uh, me and Kenzie just bought a house, and hopefully we'll be getting the keys to that on Tuesday next week. So we're pretty excited about that. That's awesome. Congratulations. I know you guys have been wanting to do that for a while. Yep, back in Chandler in the city that we got married. So Sweet. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really special then. Um, so uh, before um, I called you, I gave a quick little intro, obviously a little bit about who you were. Um, you played in the NFL, played college football. Obviously, that's how I met you. Um, but besides being a football player, maybe included in being a football player, how would you introduce yourself or who would you say Braden Bowman is? Um, well, the football side, I was a quarterback in high school and then my senior year um, ended up playing receiver. And then I was a JUCO walk-on here at one of the junior colleges in Arizona, which are actually no longer. They lost funding, so there's no more junior colleges in Arizona, but I was a JUCO walk-on for two years um, as a receiver and worked my butt off, became All-American, led the nation in every stat, basically, and got a scholarship offer to South Alabama. Um, It was my only visit that I took, and once I went, I kind of knew that was where I was going to spend my next two and a half years of college and kind of developed as a tight end, I guess, as my career at South Alabama went on and gained weight and got faster and got stronger and ended up going to Jacksonville as an undrafted free agent in 2016. And then my time there ended right after preseason, went to the Jets the next day. They literally called and said, Hey, you'll be on a flight tonight, Uh, pack your stuff. And it's kind of, it's funny, I have a lot of family up in the Jersey area, so family was excited on my stepmom's side that I was coming up there and going to be close and ended up tearing my ACL about eight weeks in during practice, non-contact, just kind of a freak accident, and uh, was able to recover after that. Went to the Saints for the next preseason, and then the next two um, seasons was with the Chargers, so kind of had fun bouncing around a little bit, got to live all over the country, and now... Um, Back in Arizona, um, got married during that country trip, I guess. Um, me and Kenzie met at the junior college and been married for three years now, and life's good. Yeah, absolutely. Life is good. I can attest to that. Um, so, obviously, I mean, even just following that story from being, you know, one, a quarter – you said quarterback, right, at first? Right, yeah. I played quarterback yeah. my freshman and sophomore year, and then my junior year I actually ended up – breaking my collarbone the very first scrimmage so I was out the my entire junior year and learned how to throw a ball and yeah and and I know obviously you're like a late bloomer you were you know really really kind of a tiny guy in high school and then you played wide out and then had to go to a junior walk on at a junior college 
Um, and, you know, there's a lot to digest and a lot of different stories from that. Um, I guess, you know, when you grew up, did you, did you play a lot of sports? Yeah, I basically I mean, played everything. Um, football, ba- basketball, baseball. Um, I played all basically all year round and tried to juggle that and juggle school. And luckily most stuff was different times of the year as far as the school year went. But when summertime came, you know, all three are going at the same time. So there was multiple days of the week where I would go to one practice in the morning, go home, take a nap, and then go to another practice in the afternoon and then go to another practice at night. So just kind of juggle all that. And I think it made me a better athlete playing all three sports. Yeah. So what ultimately made you uh, choose uh, football or focus, you know, more so on football than the others? Um, I guess I kind of ruled out basketball because I got hurt during football season and then basketball followed. So I wouldn't be uh, healthy to play basketball. So that kind of crossed out basketball. And then um, I was actually, in my opinion, better at baseball um, growing up. And then Mm -hmm. after my freshman year, during that summer, I was on varsity, and then we got a new coach for my sophomore year, and he basically told me, if you don't play baseball all year round, um, you're not going to be allowed to start on varsity for me. And I was like, well, I was already starting at, in varsity as a as last year. So he's like, no, it's not really how it works. So for me, so it kind of pushed me to get better at football, and then I kind of ran track here and there in those years when baseball was going on. So just kind of narrowed it down to football and trying to get bigger in the weight room as well. Yeah. The coaches that give you an ultimatum, you know, as, as a coach myself, I hate doing that uh, because I had coaches that did the same thing to me. And I just think, like you said, you know, it, especially early on, I mean, maybe by the time you're a junior, senior, you may specialize in a couple of them, but especially early on, you know, trying to be, you know, multi-sport athletes, like, kind of well, you know, it well rounds you as an athlete just in general more than just one specific thing. Um, so you told me why you uh, chose football kind of worked out just because you got hurt, you missed basketball, and then your baseball coach kind of gave you an ultimatum. Um, I've talked about before, like, how how special football is for me and in general, but what do you think makes football, you know, so different um, obviously this week's been tough in like, you know, the whole country. Um, but what makes football unique, like to the outsider, you know, people that weren't like you and I that were in locker rooms and, and really understand it. Right. Especially for me, I feel like I was talking with one of my coaches about this today, actually. Um, and we were talking, we said, there's nothing really like football or sports in general, I guess, of not knowing anyone, for me, living in Arizona my whole life and moving to the South in at South Alabama, um, culture shock, not knowing anybody, no family. So basically all you have is the guys that are in your locker room and they come from all walks of life, all parts of the country, all skin color, all origins, all everything you could think of, height, weight, body size, body type, backgrounds, anything you can think of that can be different you check all those boxes off in a locker room. And I think a lot of people that grow up without sports or don't have a team to learn who's on your team and how to interact with those people, I think they can't really – man, I don't know the words. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. I mean, football, I've always described it kind of as like a great melting pot. 
you know, it's never, it's, it's not complete without like all different kinds of parts. You know, if you have, if you only have a melting pot with one thing, it's not really a melting pot, you know, exactly. it's made great by all the other elements and people and perspectives and everything else. I mean, you might still group up with a few, you know, like-minded people, but like most of your friends, you know, in high school teammates, positions, you know, you have all, like you said, people from the rich to the poor black, white, you know, skinny, fat, you name it, you know, there's, there's everything. I just wanted to hear, uh, obviously your, your perspective, you know, a lot of people think that, but just hearing, uh, your insight to that. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of crazy how people from such different backgrounds, such different parts of the country, even if you look at our house, we had Arizona, Texas, Florida, all in one house that basically sports brought us together that, if we didn't have those things that there was probably no way that we would ever meet each other or being each other's wedding or flying across the country to see each other or even having this phone call right now. So it's kind of crazy that yeah. sports, sports can do that to people and create relationships. I think every single person that was in my wedding party, I played sports with. Mine too. Mine's the same way. It's just a melting pot. You have, everyone doing one thing to try and achieve one goal and yeah. all those other factors don't matter where you came from, what you look like, um, yeah. how much money is in your bank account. You're just all doing it together um, with love doing it for one goal. Yeah, it definitely uh, unified. Well, if you're a good team, I guess if you're not a good team, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be a, a unified front, but the the best teams, you know, are, are one, they have one message, they have one purpose and one goal. And that's kind of, you know, what they, uh, what they try to accomplish. Um, but getting back to uh, you, obviously you, like I said, you've had a unique story. Um, you've had some struggles. I think, you know, just from what I know about you, obviously you've had some unlucky breaks, uh, literally and figuratively, um, you know, even going back to like your collarbone and in college, you know, in the pros, et cetera. Um, what were some struggles that, like, you faced? Um, it could be with the injuries or even outside of that, like, while you played in high school and college and stuff. I think injuries definitely played a big role in, like, the majority of my challenges that I faced as a, as a player, at least, um, as an athlete, um, breaking a collarbone, breaking my foot, tearing ACL, um, tearing PCL, um, so just injuries and knowing that you're done for that season basically, but just knowing that that can heal and you can learn from other aspects that maybe you wouldn't spend so much time in the wait or in the video room watching film. Um, so you learn stuff that way. Or when my foot was broken, I was still in the weight room every day lifting my upper body. So I got my upper body way stronger than I probably would have if I was still running with, um, without a broken foot. So, I think yeah. little things that you can take away from big struggles is sometimes more important than being able to take away big things from big success. Yeah, so you kind of touched on it, but what I was going to talk about was, like, your mindset. So, obviously, when you get hurt, you know, you're in kind of in shock. You don't really know what happened. Um, you think something is off or feels weird. Um but how, how do you combat or fight that, that mindset to, like, want to quit or not want to rebound from your injuries? I think it's 
a large part of having a great support group um, from my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and then fiance, and she was kind of with me from junior college through college through the pros and everything. She's come with me to every state, and she's been a backbone for me to lean on, and also my family, her family, and then also just friends and teammates, guys that you see in the locker room every day, guys you see in the training room every day. Um, I've had a lot of great trainers from Caleb to Miss Jenny to the guys that worked with me at Parabolic in New Jersey and Fisher Institute here. Um, I've had a lot of people help me and kind of keep my mind off of, yeah, you're hurt, you can't do anything, but that doesn't mean that you can't get better. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, having the right support system, you know, saying, uh, keeping the, the positive people, you know, around you and not the naysayers and negative people for sure. Um, what what motivates you or what motivated you? Obviously, like, I'm sure it's similar to myself when I was a child, you know, you had dreams of trying to play in the NFL and you, you did that, you accomplished that. Um, but like what motivated you in high school and college and even in the NFL once you made it, you know? I think definitely I had a big chip on my shoulder um, all the way from high school to even now I feel like my shoulder still has a chip on it just because I was smaller in high school. I probably graduated high school at 175 pounds, which that won't play in college usually, um, yeah. which is why I walked around the JUCO and I got bigger and gained like 15 pounds basically every year through college. Um, finished my college career at 240, so I've learned how to lift the weight and what that can do for me and always thinking that there's something more that I can do. And what was the question again? No, <laughs> I just asked you like what, what motivated you, you know, through throughout the whole process to keep pushing, you know, cause a lot of people, you know, when they get to the next level, they get complacent or, they don't want to keep, you know, fighting and pushing on. Did you have a lot of, like, intrinsic uh, motivation or external, you know, naysayers motivating you? Or um, I think just people doubting that you can you do can what do you it. want to do. Yeah. Um, obviously, being an athlete my whole life, like playing in the NFL or playing in the MLB or – being a professional athlete was like always a dream and everyone was like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. But also the small percentage of people that can actually do it is so insane. And just people from, from high school. And then the first week I got to South Alabama, a reporter um, putting in the paper that we got a new tight end, but it doesn't look very good. And he's pretty small. So that motivates you to try and prove other people wrong, but also yeah. just trying to be the best that you can be is a motivation in itself. And just knowing that every day you can get better at something and every day you can chip away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. And this fighting that uh, complacency is such a, such a big thing and using, using negativity for positivity, you know, it's all about how like you perceive uh, people's words and, and their intentions, absolutely. you know? Um, also, so, I think one of yeah, the most important ahead. things that, kind of formed who I was, was just being a competitor. And it wasn't even just in sports. Like, I tell this story all the time to people who are like, how do you, why are you so competitive? It's just because I want to win. It doesn't matter if it's sports, if it's playing cards on the weekend with my family at the dinner table, or in high school, we had a review game 
and I got mad at the people that were on my team because we didn't win the review game that wasn't worth anything. I just wanted to win. And I feel like that drove me so hard that even if there was something that was an obstacle that I think, like, there's no way. But just being able to want to win that day, win that rep, yeah, it's that like Michael kind of a cliche, but just trying to win the day, literally. Yeah, it's that Michael Jordan mindset. I'm sure during the pandemic, you probably watched either at least clips or the whole thing of the last dance. But just like that competitive nature, you know, I struggle with it too. Uh, you can't really turn it off. I mean, you can try to internalize it and not say anything, but it's still there, you know, in everything you do. Right. Yeah. So that's I, I feel you on that one. Um, so shifting gears a little bit now here, um, talking about sports and, uh, like the NBA just announced that they're going to do 22 teams down in Orlando. Uh, so that's good. That's exciting. Seems like major league baseball is still, you know, going back and forth. The owners don't want to lose money. The, the, you know, players don't want to lose money. College football, NFL is all starting up. Are you? What are your thoughts on that all? And it seems like everything's going to be from August to whenever, so it's all going to be stockpiled up on it. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Excited about that? Yeah, definitely having live sports is always fun. Even the past couple of weeks, we had some live golf events, and that was even fun to watch just because you see people at the top of their game and best in the world competing against each other. I think is always fun, and I think that people need it like they need competition I don't know it's always just fun to even if you're at home watching the best in the world do what they do is kind of awesome yeah do you think do you think it'll be affected do you think like the games will not have the same feel if we don't have fans out there watching them like live I think yes because you definitely thrive off that energy um home or away like you're when you're at home and you make a big play and you hear the crowd roar is like an emotion that you can't really explain to people. But then also when you're away and all the fans are rooting against you and you make a big play and everything's silent, like that silence is so satisfying and just overwhelms you with a emotion that it's hard to explain to people that don't play sports or that haven't been in a big arena with tens of thousands of people yelling yeah. at the same time. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it can definitely go both ways. I at this point, you know, I we started watching ESPN eight the Oak Show. Uh <laughs> we were watching marble racing and like lawn lawnmower racing the other day. Kinda comical, but at this point, like any type of competition, you know, watching snails race, I would do it at this point. So literally. I, I would love to uh go to the games and, you know, do all that stuff, but watching them I'll take for sure. But uh, usually every – I know you've checked out uh, the podcast. Uh, you told me that before. Uh, usually I try to end each episode with a uh, favorite quote, um, and this is special because this is the – you're the first guest on uh, my podcast, but I wanted to uh, let you end kind of the episode with a uh, quote and then kind of just explain why – either why that's important or what makes it, uh, you know, your favorite quote. Yeah, I had it I had it pulled up. Let me get it so I um read it right. Um so this quote, I never knew who did it or who said it until I never even heard it until my junior college coach, um, Madowski, he would say this 
almost weekly to us. And it's a Martin Luther King quote, which I think is kind of fitting right now. Mm -hmm. And he says, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in the comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. I think it's kind of crazy that that quote has kind of always stuck with me just because I feel like there's always some type of challenge. There's always some type of controversy that you go through, whether it's having too much homework on the weekend when you want to go see with your friends or an injury or getting fired from your job there's always going to be a challenge and there's always going to be something that's going to test who you are as a person. And mm-hmm. uh, there's always something to build from, from a challenge and something that's not comfortable for you. There's always something to build off that. Yeah, no, that's deep. That's a good one. Um, yeah. It's kind of comes full circle. Obviously, you know, we've talked off this phone call and other stuff about kind of the, the time that we're in, um, but how, you know, unity is what's needed, you know, love what's needed, love thy neighbor, and uh, MLK definitely uh, exhibited that. Um, But to wrap things up, I appreciate you uh, taking time to come on uh, the Big O Show podcast. I will definitely be reaching out to you again at some point to have you back on, and uh, I really appreciate it, Braden. No doubt. I'd love to be on, and I'm glad this podcast is so popular. Kind of cool to hear a friend and talk about things that are relevant and just yeah. trying to help people when times are, times are tough. Yep, absolutely. Have to, uh, have to just go for it, whether it's uh, popular or not, just something I wanted to try, you know. No doubt. So, well, best wishes to you and Ken's, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Love you, and uh, stay safe. All right. Thanks, Braden. My thanks goes out to Braden Bowman for joining me on the Big O Show podcast. And I want to leave you guys uh, the same way I always do with uh, challenging you to make today the best day of your life.